Aaron Walker has founded more than a dozen companies over the past 42 years and has appeared on more than 2,000 podcast interviews. He attributes most of his success to having surrounded himself with his mastermind counterparts. Aaron spent a decade meeting weekly with Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and five other amazing entrepreneurs. Aaron is the founder of Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind that now hosts 20 groups with national and international members. Aaron is the author of View from the Top, a must-read to fully understand how to live the life of success and significance. Also, the founder of the Mastermind Playbook, an incredible resource for starting, running, and scaling masterminds. Aaron lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Robin, of 40 years. He has two incredible daughters and five beautiful grandchildren. He has been personally involved in a mastermind weekly for two decades now, and it has radically changed his life. The enemy of excellence is isolation. Accountability is key without sacrificing your family. All right, Aaron, so great to have you here. Hey, Chris. Hey. And, you know, everything I know about you, read about you, is around community. And really, I think the pandemic made us really appreciate family and community. And still, there's a lot of isolation, right, in the recovery from that, don't you think? Yeah, that pandemic really took us down the wrong path, didn't it? Absolutely. It has changed the world, really, Yeah, honestly. You know, back probably two decades ago, I was invited to be in a mastermind group, and I never even heard, Chris, of a mastermind group. I didn't even know what it was at the time. And my buddy said, hey, just come and join us in the group. I think you'll enjoy it and try it out. And this guy's a local personality. Uh, He's in the radio business now and has been for almost 30 years. But at the time, he was just starting this mastermind group. And so I went to the group hesitantly, like I didn't really want to go because I knew this guy was going to be all off in my business and he was going to be asking me personal questions. And I told Robin, my wife, I said, (laughs) I don't know if I want to answer all those questions. And So anyway, I went to the group and I was quiet as a little church mouse for a little while. Like I sat in the corner and I didn't say anything. And so these 10 businessmen started sharing over months and years about their personal life and challenges that they were facing. And they presented an environment that was safe. And uh, I started sharing, you know, I said, hey, Robin and I have been married a long time, but we are facing some challenges. And then I had teenage daughters and I'm like, I'm going through these teenage years and the yeah. business things weren't going exactly like I'd hoped and the businesses that we owned. And this mastermind presented this community that afforded new perspective and new insight. And it's what I needed at that time in my life. And so, yeah, I've adopted being a member. And now today we have 15 groups. We're in five different countries around the world. Wow. And we've got about 150 businessmen that meet every single week, 10 people in a group, and they've become trusted advisors for one another. 
and they're taking their life and their business to new heights. That's fabulous. So you're the founder of the Mastermind Playbook, right? Yeah, we created a program to help other people understand how they can develop their own mastermind. And a lot of people use it as an add-on to their existing business, whether they're a coach or, you know, they're someone that has a large audience. And a lot of people are today using it as their primary source of income. And so they're scaling it like we've been able to do over the years. And we've got a very good program that allows other people to do the same as we're doing. That's great. You know, I I had never been in a mastermind and, and I went through some life changes and ended up in a mastermind. And it was such a an amazing experience. It was like 360, right? People would come in, chime in, and I would have sure. never thought of that. It, yeah, it is a right. very, very absolutely. Well, see, we and don't know what we don't know, right? That's it. One yeah. life experience. Right. You've been, you know, in your relationships and you've only right. been in your business and you've only had your children and other people have different experiences. There's different filters. There's different ways to look at things and do things differently. And so the real value of being in a mastermind is other people's perspective. And that's opened so many opportunities for me over the years. Right. So in these masterminds, so you have 10 people in them. And is it a virtual? They meet virtually? Yeah, that's really a cool dynamic. We were doing it before the pandemic, right? We've been doing it for years and years. And it heightened people's awareness that you can still be in community virtually. And so every single week, just like you and I, you know, we're 3,000 miles apart. Right. But we're being able to look at each other. We can interact. We can talk. We can see each other. You can see expressions. And so it's phenomenal to do each and every week. And then twice a year, we get together in person. So I bring everyone to Nashville. And so twice a year in the spring and the fall. And we bring in guest speakers and we mastermind in person for two and a half days. And then we go back, we meet with our group every single week until for six months, and then we do it again. Right. So we've been doing that now for years and years. You know, most people really, if you just say, well, we were masterminding, they're really not. Maybe we need to break that down a little bit. And Like, what does that look like? Because I've been in mastermind. Yeah, right. A lot of people confuse it with group coaching, and it's not group coaching. Right. Group coaching would be, Chris, someone coming to your group, 10 different people, and they would be sharing ideas and they would be looking at you for all the answers. Well, that's group coaching. Well, that's not what masterminding is. Masterminding is everyone brings a new perspective. Everyone brings insight. Everyone can encourage and edify and help. They can present challenges. They can give feedback because there's great value in the counsel of, you know, the wisdom. So you've got So many people that have different professions, we're very diverse in nature, so there's very many different perspectives by which we can see things, and that's the real value of being in these groups. And are the groups, like, do they have certain topics that they're around? or No, no, no. It's primarily three different things. We help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. And within those dynamics of that, We help you understand that you need to have aspirational goals relationally, personally, professionally, financially, and physically. And so we need to cover every area of our life. And I'll tell you the reason we do that. I was really focused on making money when I was young. In my 20s and 30s, I was so focused. I had a young family and I needed to make a lot of money. Well, I came home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. 
And my wife walked up to me and she said, hey, I know I'm married, but I feel like I'm living a single life. I'm taking Brooke and Holly to dancing and cheerleading and basketball practice and school. And thank you for what you've provided for us. But she said, I need your help as well. And so it really emphasized to me that we need to establish boundaries. And I said, we can go out and make all the money that we want. But if we're offering our family up as a sacrifice, we end up really a loser in the end. And so I don't want anybody to be a loser. I want people to be able to live their life great amount of success financially, but also not forget the significance piece and not forget that there's other things out there. For me, relationships matter most, and that's my number one core value. Yeah. And when you focus on that, then you can go out and live your life to its fullest. That's it right there. And, you know, people born into the world or, you know, whatever community they're brought up and some of the focus is not really the focus. In other words, you know, living life, everybody has a conception of, you know, trying to chase after worldly things and get as much as you can and make as much money and, you know, and the appreciation of, you know, all of these things. But, You really have a real life of success and significance, Mm -hmm. right? And what that looks like. But maybe you could share, you know, you had a transforming event. And it seems like that we all have one of these transforming events. And it was a tragedy, right? That turned into a blessing. Not running over. Yeah, tell me about that story. Okay. So when I was 40 years old, it was August 2001. So now about 22 years ago. I was headed to the office. It was about 7.30 in the morning. And uh, there was a gentleman crossing the street to catch a local bus. And I saw him, you know, maybe five, 600 feet away. And he was crossing the two lanes going south. And as he got to the median, he slumped his shoulders and he was waiting for me to pass. So I sped back up and I was probably doing 45, 50 miles an hour. And as soon as I got to him, he didn't see me. And he took off running for the bus to catch the bus. And unfortunately, I ran over him and it did cause a fatality that day. And what I learned out of that, Chris, was that, first of all, the brevity of life. So we have no idea when that could happen to any of us. And your audience that's listening now, we're just a curve away from an accident happening to any of us. We're also a phone call away from our life changing forever. You know, we get a bad report from a physician or, you know, a tragedy happens in our family. And it taught me a valuable lesson of not to be only focused on success, but to really think about the significance piece in our life. And I took a five-year break after that happened. I sold the business and had a lot of time of reflection. And I discovered that my legacy would have been that day had I been killed. Poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money to retire and nobody cares. And I thought, man, you know what, Chris? I don't want that to be my life. I want my life to be hey, that your life is better as a result of having interacted with me. I want to be the guy that brings the light to the room. I want to be the guy that helps you accomplish your goals and dreams. I want to be the guy that champions you on to your success. And so I told God, if he'd give me another chance, I would do it differently. I would right the ship. I would turn around and look outward. Instead of looking inward, I would be the giver instead of the taker. And today we're getting to do that in Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind with people from all over the world. I like that. That's beautiful. And it really is iron sharp, sharpening iron because some, 
you know, tomorrow's not promised and these experiences no. are, you know, shaking, but that are awakening. And for, yeah. you know, we're stuck and, and it takes these kinds of, I've had some of those myself, not the same one, but other ones yeah. that my well, soul lived a lot of life experiences. Yeah, a few lifetimes, I'm yes. sure. Right? Yes, we have. And about midtime in my life, I won, you know, it got to the same kind of a point where after a few tragic experiences where I looked at, you know, you have everything. And then it was about being significant. How can I help others? Right. right. How can I give right. back and make your business a give back? Right. As, and it changes the whole frequency it of does. it. Right. Chris, can we dive into that a little bit? Can Please we? go right ahead. So yes. Here's yes. the thing. And you and I can both attest to this. I don't want to ever dismiss the fact that it's nice to make a good living, right? We all want to make a good living. We have children to provide an education. We want to live in a nice home, and uh, we want to be able to take an occasional vacation. So there's nothing wrong with those things. Right. But what we don't want to do is to make money our idol. We don't want to make it the thing that we're pursuing the most. Because quite honestly, the money doesn't scratch the itch like you think it's going to. You get it, and what do we do? We move the bar. And then we buy bigger places to store more things that require more of our time. And it can become a vicious cycle if we're not careful. And then we get our age, you know, and we look back and we go, man, did we really invest our time in the best places (laughs) possible? Right. Sometimes I question that. Sometimes I think, you know, maybe I didn't invest enough time in Robin. Robin and I celebrate 43 years this June. I'm grateful that we've been married that long. But sometimes I think, you know, I maybe could have pushed pause a little bit more often. I could have taken a few more trips with my girls when they were young. And I don't want the people listening to us today to have similar regrets. I don't want them to look back and go, man, I wish I had done that. I want them to listen to us. You know, we've got a little bit of sage wisdom between us. Right. And I want them to really think about what matters in life and think about the relationships mattering most. And I think once you do that and you really get a grasp on paying attention to the people that you love and serving them well, we can simultaneously make a great living. So just kind of reorient your focus, prioritize your priorities, and make sure that we have some boundaries in place. And I think if we do that, we'll dodge some of the landmines that you and I have had to go through. Exactly. That's beautifully said. And I still have regrets of not taking that time, but that's the tragedy to turn it into the purpose of, okay, but now is the time. Right. And show and help others to shift, to be able to do that. And I know we're in this sort of, you know, another intense conversation that I read about you about almost shooting a man and about bitterness. And that's a lot of anger in the air. A lot of people have a lot of bitterness and, you know, things going on. I wrote about this at length in my book. I wrote a book called View from the Top, and this chapter was titled Bitterness is Its Own Prison. So let me share that story just for a moment. I was a young man with two young daughters, and I really needed every dollar I could get my hands on, right, because it's expensive when you're raising children. And I did a real estate deal, and I got to the closing table, and there were a couple of attorneys there and a banker. And the guy that had bought the property, his name was John, 
His last name will remain anonymous, but his name was John. And he looked at me and he pushed his glasses up and he smiled and he said, did you read the clause on page, whatever it was, 32? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I pulled it out and read it. And there was a portion of the investment he didn't have to pay me. It was $41,000. And I really needed that money, Chris, in a bad way. And I'm sure you've been in similar situations to where you were counting on income that you were going to be getting off of a deal. And uh, he laughed and he pointed his finger at me and he said, I got you. And I looked at the attorneys and I looked at the banker and I said, I'm a little bit in the dark. I don't understand. Well, my representation and his representation read it. And they said, he's accurate. He doesn't have to pay you that $41,000. And so I signed the agreement and I left the room. And for the next two years, I grew to hate that person. And I often or don't often use the terminology hate, but I did. I grew to hate that person because I think he humiliated me as much as anything when he laughed at me and pointed and said, I got you. Mm. And so I played that over and over in my head for two years. Well, a friend of mine called me and he said, uh, hey, Big A, he said, we're going on a hunting trip to Buffalo, Wyoming. Would you be interested in going hunting big game with us in Buffalo, Wyoming? And I said, yeah, I said, I'd love to go. He said, there's a bunch of us going. And he told me where we were going to meet. He said, just show up at five o'clock on this particular Saturday morning and get Robin to drop you off. You can ride with me. And I said, okay. So I get there. I get out of the car, get my luggage, get everything and kiss Robin by. She gets in the car and drives off. And I turned around and there stood John. (laughs) And I went, you've got to be kidding me. So I went to my buddy and I said, hey, you don't know anything about this, but this guy took advantage of me a couple of years ago and cost me a lot of money. And I've grown to hate this guy. And he goes, well, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, man, I don't know. But he said, hey, there's 16 of us. There's four in a car. Uh, You don't have to be with him. And so we went on the hunting trip. We scouted the first two days. The third day, I got on top of a hill, Johnny Z's property on 67,000 acres in Buffalo, Wyoming. I'm sitting on the top of the hill, and I've got my gun. I'm antelope hunting, and I'm combing the bottom of the ravine with my binoculars, and I see something. And I look at it closely, and it's John. And John's got an orange vest on. And I'm sitting there, Chris, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I'm sitting there contemplating shooting John. Mm. And I started shaking. Mm -hmm. And I was like a business owner. You know, I taught Sunday school at our church. I was a deacon (laughs) at our local Baptist church. And I'm having thoughts of killing someone. Mm. And all of a sudden, I had both hands on the rifle and... I said, there's no way I can do that. And so I put the gun down and didn't obviously follow through. So we hunt for 10 days. We get in the car. We drive home. We get 60 miles outside of Nashville. His truck breaks down. I don't know why I chose to do this on the side of the interstate, but we haven't spoken 10 days. I got out of the car and I walked up to him and I said, John, listen, I said, if we can get somebody to take me back to my house, I've got a K5 Blazer. I'll loan it to you until you get your truck fixed. And he looked at me and he said, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me because 
I've been in prison yeah. and I've grown to hate you and I've got to let this go. Yeah. So the reason that I'm even telling the story, Chris, is that there's people listening to the story right now and there's somebody that they're bitter at. There's somebody that they maybe hate. There's somebody that they can't forgive. And I want to encourage the listeners today that you are in your own prison and you need to let that go because we use that as a filter on every decision that we make. And I can't even begin to tell you the freedom that I felt as a result of letting that go. And it allowed me then to relax and not use that longer as a filter. He didn't deserve the forgiveness. Right. But it was incumbent on me to offer it so that I'm set free. So I want to encourage your listeners today to take a deep dive. And if you're entrapped and you're imprisoned in a state of bitterness, you need to forgive and move on so that you don't waste the remainder of your life. That's it right there. Amen to that. That is, that's, that's really what it's about. And a lot of times you get put in those situations just so that you can forgive and, that's such a beautiful story. I mean, that's... Chris, I know that I've, I've told that story many times over the years. I travel and speak and I've written a yeah. book and I've included it in there. And oftentimes people say, yeah, but you don't understand what I've gone through. And, and yeah. I don't. And there's a lot of people that have been physically abused, sexually abused. There's people right. that have been lied, cheated on. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. So you've got a choice. Your choice is to forgive that person, even though they don't deserve it. That doesn't mean you have to interact with them any longer. That's that doesn't right. mean you have to be friends. That don't mean you're condoning what they've done. Exactly. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it does is it sets you free, That's right? It. Yeah. And you know you have forgiven somebody when you quit demanding justice. And once you quit demanding justice you'll know you have forgiven someone and then you can be set free and you can go out and live your life. Oh, that's, that's truth, my friend. That's beautiful. And justice will be served because what goes around comes around and they have their, yeah. their there'll journey. Be a, there'll be a know. day, one day that we're all going to stand uh, in account for the actions that we've committed. And so, that's I'm right. having a m most difficult time taking care of myself, much less taking care of others. And so, I guess I can start worrying about other people when I get myself in a real good position. And so we all have shortcomings. We all have errors that we make in life. And That's right. uh, we just don't want to be trapped and encumbered in a state of bitterness. And we miss living our life because That's it. really we cheat the people that are around us, you know, our spouse and our children when we're harboring that level of bitterness. So I just want to encourage all of you today to do a personal evaluation and let that go. That's it. Let it go. There's a such that's so healing, really. That's it right there, boy. Who can say some more? You know, I did want to share with everybody so that they can, you know, get your book, view from view from the top, right? Viewfromthetop.com and we'll right. we'll have all that information and Thank you. and then your mastermind and I know it's pretty unique. It's one of a kind and if they want to join that then yeah, we would they, love to talk to people. Yeah, the yeah. easiest thing to do would be to reach out to us. Go to viewfromthetop.com, and uh -huh. there's an application there that you can fill out. You're making no commitments. You're just saying, hey, this sounds like of interest to me because I want to grow personally and professionally. 
And it allows you to have at least a 30-minute to a 45-minute conversation with me. And we can dive into your personal life and your professional life. And we can see what your aspirations are, some of your dreams, some of your goals. And we'll see if you're a good fit for our group or if we're a good fit for you. And there's no high pressure. Uh, We never twist arms. We want it to be a good thing for you that can really help you excel in life. So you're interested. That sounds like something that you need. Go to viewfromthetop.com. View from the top and and the iron sharp, sharpening iron. There, you know that's an old old proverb, but that's if we can work together like that. And there's such a healing that you know being able to forgive and forget and move on. Life is too short <laughs> to be. I know you know right. It's uh, <laughs> you know? we just can't live in that state of confusion. It's just not fun. It's not living our life to its fullest. Aaron, it's been a pleasure talking to you i really want to continue the conversation maybe we'll have a a come around are your masterminds men women yes they're men they're men uh a lot of people say why is it just men because we're gonna take your man if you're a lady and we're gonna deliver you back somebody that you're (laughs) very very proud of and so uh we're pretty stern we're not for the faint at heart we're for guys that really want to move the needle they really want to aspire to greater things in life and help you get success and significance and so that's what we're trying to do so yeah if you're a man and you would be interested in joining us please reach out viewfromthetop.com all right well we'll Look forward to chatting a little bit later, and thank you so much for thank sharing you, sharing your wisdom and being here yeah, today. Thank you and, so much. Thank you know, you. I'm going to just put one more P.S. because I don't want to say goodbye. No goodbyes. <laughs> one, just one quick takeaway for everybody. Yeah. What would you want? You know, I know the forgiveness probably is hard oh, to yeah, beat yeah. that one. Is that? Do you have any other takeaway? You yeah, want? I would say jewel yeah, to drop. Yeah. My mom had a little saying when I was a kid. She would say, can't, couldn't do it, but could, did it all. She would never allow us to say the word can't. She would say, you're going to try it. You might not be able to do it, but at least you're going to try. Well, by her pushing me into doing things that I didn't really want to do, it helped foster the self-esteem. And I was able to accomplish many of the goals. And I quickly learned not to be afraid of failure. I'm like, hey, I'm going to try it. And so I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure and develop a mindset that you can do something and you can go out there and have a very successful and significant life. So change your mindset, develop an attitude of I can and I'm afraid I'm going to miss something if I don't try and watch the success come your way. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.